everyone. Hope you are having a wonderful day. We are having our part two of our podcast series featuring Christine Lee, who is the Director of Product Development. And for those of you who are new to our podcast, I am Susan Bauer. I'm your host. I interview different people, both from the home office and lots and lots of leaders. So you are going to want to check out some of our previous episodes. And just so you know, we publish on the 1st and the 15th of every month. So you can look forward to that each and every month. And in chatting with Christine, she had so many great ideas. So we divided her two topics and it's okay. If you miss part one, don't worry. You don't need to uh, do these in order because part one was all about personal care and our Lassier line and actually your routine, your daily routine. So it's something really fun to share with your customers and also to get the inside scoop. Um, what makes our personal care line stand out from others. So that was our part one. Part two, we're on to some new topics, our 360 review of our product line and greenwashing. So Christine, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be here, Susan. Yes. So we had so much fun with you on our first podcast. And you had mentioned the 360 review and testing, along with something called greenwashing. I don't know if everyone's familiar with it. So let's start with that. What exactly does greenwashing mean and why should people care about it? Okay, well, this is actually a very interesting topic and I'm not sure how many of our listeners are even familiar with the word greenwashing. This, This term has been around for probably over a decade when kind of the whole EPA environmental awareness started coming out in the world and in the public eyes. And basically what it means, it's it's an exaggeration, right? It's, it's basically a corporation making claims, usually marketing claims on their products or their services, making it sound like they're doing better for the planet, uh, more sustainable outreaches when actually they're, they're not. Um, so, for example, when this first came out, like, you know, all the Exxon oil companies and they would put pictures of little ducks swimming in pools, but actually they're the ones causing the most oil pollution in the world. So the, this is kind of like overall arching where this term is coming from. But in today's society and, and with the popularity of green cleaning, green cleaning meaning you know, less toxic chemicals, right? So using plant-based ingredients and so forth, there's so many more companies coming out and a lot of people are talking very generically about their sustainability, what natural ingredients, what organic things and, and other things, even recycling, biodegradable. I mean, all of the, I don't know how else to put it, but green kind of terminology is just thrown out there without any kind of regulations or even much definitions of what these things mean. And so I think it's really important for us as customers to be aware that there is a lot of greenwashing going on out there. And I'm not saying everybody is greenwashing, but it's very subtle and it's very easy to, to get tricked or to, to not really know, or just to believe something uh, without really getting the full information. 
Yeah. Christine, do you have examples or, you know, stats yeah. that would, would help consultants, you know, really understand it better or know? So for, yeah, know. for example, people will say, and this goes in all categories, not just cleaning, right? It, it goes across fashion, it goes, in, it goes into foods, you know, for example, oh, this is made with natural juices. And then you'll look at the back and it'll say 10% grape juice included. Like, you know, like it makes you think like this product is really natural when it's only has 10% of the actual, you know, real fruit ingredient. Um, it happens in fashion. It happens in textiles. For example, it, it'll say made with organic cotton. And then you'll read the label. And then again, it'll say, or actually it won't even say how much organic cotton is in there. Because, you know, there's no regulation that says you have to state these things. And so you don't actually know the full truth of how much organic material is even in there. A lot of companies, you know, and Norwex being one of them, we really want to push that transparency. So we want to state if this Invart cloth is made with recycled materials, we'll put on there, it has 75% or 30%. And we'll, we'll let you know exactly how much is recycled. So there's a lot of education, unfortunately, that the customer has to do on there to really understand how much greenwashing is going on. Another example, this is a natural formula. This is a green, clean product. We see that everywhere, you know, on social media, on people's websites, on their home pages. But there's we, nobody defines what, how, who can use this term. So everybody just throws these words, natural, organic, green around, but we don't really know how green or what that means to that company. So for example, there's a lot of cleaning products out there that are called natural cleaning, right? And they're coming out more and more every day. There's more brands you see online. But if you do the research, and this is kind of part of what I have to do in product development, you look and I'm like, okay, great. This looks too good to be true. And then I'll look it up and it'll say they, they use um, petroleum-based surfactants. They use, and it's on the ingredient list, right? They'll use synthetic fragrances. That's the kind of the number one greenwashing in my mind in cleaning products and even in skincare that you'll see. Everything will look good in terms of all the other ingredients. And then you'll see the word parfum or fragrance at the end of the ingredient list, which that will tell you it's not natural. You shouldn't see the word fragrance anywhere on there um, unless otherwise you, you rather you should be looking for essential oils, right? That makes up like lavender oil, which we have in some of our products and so forth. So I think that's kind of number one. Also, they'll say, oh, you know, everybody's into refill packaging now these days, right? So they'll say, um, we now have refill in, or we are, we're using less plastic and we are going to put these sachets, right? For your refills. But actually that sachet, yes, it has a great story because you're using less plastic, less carbon fruit, maybe to produce a plastic bottle, but that sachet material is not recyclable. So it'll still go to a landfill. It, it's not, you can't, you can't do anything with it. In that sense, it's easy for a customer to think, oh, well, they're saying they're, it's a clean formula, so it must be, but we don't really know all of the details. And did you know, in fact, that in the cleaning area, it's just now starting that people are putting, just like skincare, all the ingredients on their labels. That's actually not something that is required even for cleaning products to do. So if you look at companies like you know, the mass retailers out there, 
the, that you find in the grocery stores, it's not on the label. Only kind of like the so-called natural brands will have their ingredient list even on cleaning companies. I mean, yes, if you go deeper, I think you can go to their websites and find ingredient lists, but you know, who really has time to do all of that? And I think they do that on purpose to kind of hide what's, what's in there. So greenwashing, I mean, in a sense, it's good and it's bad. You know what I mean? It, it shows that people are kind of going towards that direction. They care about sustainability, but there's a lot of um, misleading information that, that you can find out there. So, well, and I, I think that so many companies, they're getting on this bandwagon of being, you know, sustainable, being natural or get like, cause they know that that's what consumers are looking for. Yeah. The fact that it isn't regulated and that you don't even have to put ingredients or how much of ingredients. And I'm a big label reader. I read the labels of things all the time. And you're, you're so right. You know, it, the percentage of what they have in this big bowl print on the front of their, you know, packaging is just this tiny amount that's actually in their ingredients. And uh, yeah, so I think that the fact that Norwex is so transparent mm -hmm. and that we do have all our ingredients listed, it gives hopefully everyone confidence that you are representing a product that is walking the walk and that we stand behind what we say, say not just what we say, but we list our, our ingredients. And, and that's why I love talking about the no-no list because that also helps people to know we, we have a bigger no-no list than most companies for a very good reason, because we want to stand behind products that really are the best for consumers. But it is, it's scary when you think about all the things that you've probably been using, or maybe that, you, you know, you, you, you trust that the right. companies are regulated and realizing that, that they're not. So now I think everybody's going to go off and, and look at labels a lot more carefully. <laughs> but, you know, like in, in some people's defense, like I think everybody has good intentions. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to badmouth anybody. And, and as a product person, it's challenging, right? There's so many materials. There's so many options these days out there in terms of, you know, recycled plastic. There's pouches. There's bags. And, you know, now like I'm, I'm even looking into, you know, just for new product concepts like waterless technology, there's water saving, there's so many aspects of different ways that you can tackle the whole green formulation and helping the planet in so many different ways. And so I think it's important for, you know, for us as a company to really decide, you know what I mean? Like what, which way we're going to tackle it. And it's, it's definitely a, it's a challenge, but it's, it's a good one to have. Well, and it's great to have you <laughs> leading that charge, just knowing your background and how passionate you are and in talking with you. Consultants, Christine comes to our conferences. You've seen her on stage with Amy Cadora. And so you, I think having a conversation with Christine lets you understand even more how stringent we are with what we do. And that leads to our next topic, which is our 360 review. And so share, Christine, what is our 360 review and what, and what does that process look like? Okay, so our 360 review, it's basically what we've 
coined as a term when we develop new products and what all of the different checks and tests that we do on the raw materials that we select. And so if you can imagine it, I think like we used to have this image of a funnel before. There's, there's an ingredient like safety funnel, okay? And on the top, basically, we basically go through all of the different options of ingredients that you have, like all the innovations and what's, what works, right? What we can consider in our products that we put through and then we go through removing everything that's on the no-no list, which is like over 2,500 ingredients probably out, right? That we've banned and we said we're, we're decided not to use them for whatever reason, right? They might be, they cause irritation, they, they're cancer causing, they're hormone disruptors, you know, all the different types of ingredients that we've decided, uh, whether they're bad for people or bad for the planet, we've decided not to use them. So we filter those out. And then we have to go through the next filter, which is going through all the global regulatory assessments. So each country has different rules about what ingredients that they will allow for you to use on whether it's skincare or whether it's cleaning products. And then other than that, you know, we, we compare our, our lists even with other retailers. You know, each company sometimes comes up with their no-no list. And, and my team has done that research to make sure that we're far beyond everybody's standards in terms of what we want to make sure doesn't touch your skin or doesn't go into your homes. The regulatory aspect for the no-no list, the global aspect of it, because, you know, Canada is different than the U.S., is different from the EU and Asia and Australia, all the different global markets that our products go to. We want to make sure that those are met. And because certain ingredients you can't use, for example, in the EU at different percentages, everybody's got different um, regulations or else they'll ask you to put like really scary warnings on there. So we make sure like our products are, will never get like the, there's like some kind of scary, like this will like a dead fish symbol that they use in Europe. Like this will kill aquatic like wildlife. We make sure that none of our products you know, get that scary symbol on there. So little things like that, regulatory, um, you know, customers may not realize, but they, they make sure that they check every ingredient, what concentration it's at to make sure that it's the safest, you know, um, available out there while also balancing out that it's doing the work that the product, the end product is, is performing in the right way and doing the cleaning job, right? Once it goes through that safety and regulatory, then we have to test the finished product. In the, my past career, you know, working with, with products, there's only two types of tests that are quote unquote required regulatory wise. And that's micro testing and that's stability testing. Micro testing just means they, they check that the product is not gonna grow fungus or it's not gonna grow mold on it and it's gonna be stable and it's gonna look the same. So it, it's confirming the shelf life of a product basically. And then secondly, um, that the stability test. So they'll put the they'll put the product in different conditions of humidity and temperature. And, and here in Texas, you can just put it in the back of your car over 100 degrees and you, you'll know if it passes or not, right? Um, so those are the two tests that, that are required for every company to do before they put out a product on the market. But what Norwex does on top of that is we test the finished product for clinical efficacy. So if we're making claims in skincare that it's gonna hydrate, we make sure that we test for that specific purpose as well. Um, we test for irritation. 
um, sensitive skin, you know, if it makes sense to do those tests like that. We also test, you know, for 1,4-dioxane, we test for, um, like at the ocular, which means like, is it going to sting you in the eye? Like there's all these kind of extra testing that we do that probably nobody really knows about, but we've put these things in place and make sure that everything passes before the product launches and is good to go. So that's something that everybody at Norwich should know as a peace of mind that we really do go above and beyond in testing the, the final product, not only to make sure the expiration date is correct, but just make sure that you know, it doesn't have um, any of these, like to make sure that we can give it the claims, I guess, that we want it to claim, such as when we say it's gluten-free, we've actually tested that it's gluten-free. When it's vegan, we've actually tested that it's vegan. A lot of people just use paperwork to say, oh yeah, look, we we didn't use any products that have any animal byproducts, or, but how do you know there's not traces in there somewhere? But our team really goes deeper and asks the raw material vendors, like, I want to see the full composition. I want to see what the source is for this raw material, which, you know, it, like huge kudos to them, because that's a, that's a lot of work behind the scenes that nobody knows about. So, so yeah, that's kind of the 360 review in terms of the, the big funnel that we go through. Um, one newer part of the funnel that uh, in terms of in, in the review that we also do is we check against industry, not, I don't want to say standards, because it's not like the Bible, or they're not a law, but there's environmental groups. And one big one that I'm sure many of you have heard about is the EWG, and that's the Environmental Working Group. And so they're a big organization that also does testing and reviews ingredients of skincare and cleaning products to give them ratings, to help customers, you know, who are not as familiar with ingredients, to, to know how safe these products are. And so before we launch any new products, we checklist every ingredient to see what the EWG rating is for that ingredient, because that the EWG will give a, like a a scale of one to 10 um, in terms of how green it is, you know, so it'll, it'll show like actually a green circle, or it'll be like an orange, which is like, oh, it's kind of okay, but it gives, it's maybe a little bit irritating or it'll give like a red circle, which means like this is cancer causing and super bad for you basically. And then they will have a, their own calculation of a mixture of all of those scales for each ingredient and give a product its final rating. So that's something that we like to cross-reference just for us. It doesn't mean that they're always right. We kind of take it with a grain of salt, but it's a good kind of public information that's out there so that we understand what, what the customers are reading about, what they're seeing, and then we check that with our chemists and, and our regulatory group as well. So that's also been a good information. So I'm not telling everybody go out and like, you know, believe everything that's out there because I have some opinions about some of their ratings as well. Okay. Not everybody's perfect, but it's still a good kind of general rule of thumb in terms of, you know, you can look it up and you'll see everything's green except you'll see synthetic fragrance red. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why that product is got such a low rating. So it's, it's kind of very interesting, you know, once you start digging into it. But we're very proud of this 360 review. Um, I wish more people knew about it because it really does set Norwex, I believe, at a higher standard than, you know, even speaking of my own personal career in, in consumer products. So this is, uh, yeah, we're really proud of this process. 
Wow. Well, and kudos to you and your team. And yes, we should be proud, you know, <laughs> it's that and be proud out loud. And so I think that that's been an advantage of having you share this kind of information on our podcast, because it really does help you understand why, you know, we can be confident and how Norwex really has a higher standard with you going through the level of testing that we do and how far beyond just what's regulated, it gives you a peace of mind. You had said that it gives you a peace of mind. And I also think that everyone who's listening, it gives you the confidence when you're sharing that you can be proud of the extent that Norwex goes to ensure that our products really have the highest standard. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. I think that everyone's loved getting a little behind the scenes glimpse into what goes into our products. And it's fascinating. I, I mean, I've really enjoyed chatting with you and learned, definitely learned a lot. And I think that our consultants can probably, I'm pretty sure, say the same thing. So usually I always give people an action step at the end of the podcast. So today, guys, I would say just share our podcast with somebody that you know loves Norwex products, doesn't even have to be a consultant, somebody who knows who loves our products and who would love hearing this kind of information. So go out, have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you so much, Christine, for joining us again. I have a feeling we may be having Christine back again. What do you guys think? Uh, but anyway, thank you, for Christine, for sharing all of the behind the scenes and what goes into our product development. Thank you, Susan. It's been my pleasure. All right. And everyone, have a wonderful day. Until we see you next time.